Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. Happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. No hand clap. Not even like, I, I, did you see how much I, wait, I waited? Mother's Day, I would have said that. People be flipping chairs, all kinds of stuff. I say Happy Father's Day and nobody even cares. Well, Happy Father's Day to me and you and you. No, I'm kidding. Can we give all of our dads a big hand clap? Awesome. Listen, dads, we don't do much, but we do get a day. So my encouragement to you is just act like you do. <laughs> act like you do a whole lot. No, we, um, I, I think, I, I'll say this, I think dads are needed more now than ever before. I think fathers are needed um, in, in all, all forms, in all, in all different spheres of influence. Um, you know, it is Anthony over here, he's coaching my son in basketball, and I need him, I need him to be a dad on the basketball court. I need, him, I need him to teach those boys what it's like to be a man, what it's like to stop crying and get up off the floor and keep playing. Well, I mean, I'm talking about the stuff that we need in our culture. Come on, somebody. Can I preach a little bit? We need, we need dads, we need fathers to, to, to raise their, their household well and to come in and, and be examples and, uh, and not be afraid, not be afraid to, uh, to be the man. Uh, I you guys know this. I kind of already hit on it a little bit. I didn't plan to go anywhere political this morning at all, um, but I guess we're going there, so it is what it is. Uh, we, it, if we don't do something, there will be there are there already is a problem, and the the enemy is a hundred percent attacking our kids, and and a hundred percent attacking um, identity. Identity. And if we don't say something at home, they're going to learn something different at school. They're going to learn something different on social media. They're going to hear something different on TV. And guess what? They'll believe what they hear first. Did you know that? Your kids will, all, your kids will compare what they hear to what they hear first. So if you teach them and show them what a man is and what a man should be and who a man should like and who a man should fall in love with and all those things, guess what? Then they're going to compare that. They're going to receive that as truth. They're going to receive that as the ultimate truth. And everything that they hear outside of that, they're going to be like, "What? That's not what. That's not what Dad told me." We have a. It's like Happy Father's Day. And just let me remind you of the huge responsibility that you have. <laughs> Relax and have fun today. But on Monday, remember the responsibility. It's it's big, isn't it? Um, but it's a privilege. And here's the great thing about it. Everything that you need is already inside of you. Everything that your son needs, your daughters need, it's already inside of you. You're the perfect dad for them. You're the perfect dad. Not someone else, not some pastor, you. You know exactly what to say. You know exactly when to comfort them. The Lord's not talking to me about your kids. He's talking to you as dads. Amen? So um, I just want you to know the Lord appreciates you. And he's proud of you. He honors. He honors those of you who are stepping out in faith, doing the best that you can to lead your kids. He's not looking for you to be perfect. He's looking for you to live by faith. Amen? Let's just pray. Let's just pray for all of our dads because I feel like I need it. I'm going to pray for myself and for all of you out there. Lord, we just thank you for the fathers in here today. 
Um, I thank you for the anointing that's on their life. And um, I, I just thank you for what they carry. I thank you for the dad that they are and just that dad gene that they carry, <laughs> that fatherly gene that's on the inside of them. And I pray, Lord, that you would, in the coming days, you would teach them how to pass it along. Show them. Show us, God. Show us exactly what to say and how to raise up our kids in the way that they should go. Yeah, Lord, I pray that we would just be on your heart today, Lord, that the fathers would just be on your mind today and you would bless us. We just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen, amen. Um, by the way, dads, we got a, it's kind of supposed to be an announcement at the end, but I'll tell you now, we have a, um, a special gift for you today uh, as you leave the service. Just grab, grab one on your way out. We have multiple kinds of jerky for you. Come on. Because what does a dad want? Meat. That's what we want. Unless you're vegan, and then we have a prayer team at the first <laughs> to lay hands on you as the service is over. And <clears throat> No, <laughs> I got myself on that one. All right. <clears throat> By the way, one of uh, you, you know this guy. He's our youth pastor, Blake Duffendack. He's not here, so I'm gonna call him out. Um, he's been my best friend for a really, really long time, and he went vegan for like five years. And I just have to say, I question his manhood. You know what I'm saying? I just had to. No, I'm kidding. Um, but uh, no, we, we we have some jerky for you out there, all kinds of different ones, and just kind of fun. We just want to give you a, a gift as you leave the service today. All right, let's let's jump in. Let's jump into some scripture and some Jesus, because I need to stop talking about other things. All right. Um, we we're uh, we're going to be in John chapter 15 here in a moment. We're not going to jump right there uh, right now. Uh, but I want to I want to continue kind of talking to you about what we what we hit on last week. Last week, I started a series talking to you about being fully desperate and fully dependent upon the Lord. Like what, what, what life actually looks like being desperate and being dependent upon him. I told the story of uh, the time that I was filled with the Spirit when I was 16 years old and went to the youth camp. And the Lord uh, touched me in a, in a really powerful way. And there's a couple things that I learned from that experience. Um, here, I... I it, Real quickly, I was in a very desperate moment. I needed God to move in my life, and he did. And what the Lord has shown me is that our desperation moves the heart of God. Desperation moves God. And here's, and here's why I believe desperation moves God is because desperation is actually, the when, when we are in desperate times, it's the times that we release the greatest faith. Think about that. When you are desperate for something to happen, you are, you're on your knees praying day in, day out. You wake up thinking about it. And what we learn as believers is in those desperate times, what we're actually doing is we're reaching out to God. God, you have to move. God, I need you to move. God, I need you to come through. God isn't necessarily moving upon our desperation as much as he's moving upon our faith. But in those desperate moments is when we have the greatest faith, I believe. So our desperation, it, in turn, by faith, moves the heart of God. But here's what also I learned about that moment <laughs> is that the Lord loves to put us in places where we need to be desperate and we need him to come through. He, he loves to take us to places where we become fully dependent upon him. This is the way that he works. Um, if you've followed him for some time, you realize he's not super concerned with our comfortability, is he? He's not really talking to us much about comfortability. I was having a conversation with a friend the other night. You know what I can't find in Scripture? I can't find retirement. 
Retirement doesn't exist in the kingdom. There's never a place that you get to and be like, ah, I made it. Me and Jesus, we're good, we made it. Why? Because he's always growing us. He's always teaching us. There's always more in the kingdom. Now, I'm not saying that you can't retire from your job. Praise God, I plan to retire and play a lot of golf. And pray, I'll pray for people too, but I want to play a lot of golf. There's, but, but retiring in the kingdom, the concept, the American dream, everything, think about this, everything you were taught is work really, 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 really hard, make a bunch of money so that one day you don't have to do anything. The kingdom doesn't work that way. We, we have to be careful not to take that concept and place it onto the word and place it onto our walk with God. It, it will never get that way. Teach your kids this. It will always feel this way. You'll always be growing. You'll always have to be submitting. You'll always have to be obeying somebody. You'll always have to, not, you'll always have to be doing something that you don't want to do. It's called following Jesus. It's called picking up your cross and following him. Now, I know that sounds super encouraging today, but it's actually the best life that you can ever live. See, the Lord, this is the way that he works. He loves to, he loves to take us into places where we're fully dependent upon him. This is what I love about the teaching of grace, and grace is so much more than a teaching. It is, a, it is the person, Jesus. But the revelation of grace, when you really start to dive into grace, it really teaches you to be fully dependent. Because you know what grace actually teaches? It teaches us to be fully dependent on his work, not on ours. This is what we learned last week. Paul said these, he, he said this statement in Philippians chapter 3. He says, I put no confidence in human effort. No confidence in human effort. And remember, he, he started to go down his, his, his list of accolades He's like, I'm a pure-blooded Hebrew. I've, I, 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 was a, I was a Pharisee, the strictest of them all. I, I kept the law. I was the best of the best when it came to that. I, I was so passionate. I persecuted the church. And he, just be, he begins to share all these things that he was and all these things that he did. And he concludes with this statement. He said, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value. Man, I love that. The infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. This is the message of grace. He's like, I, I, I'm not putting any confidence in anything else. In other words, I'm not depending, let me say it that way, I don't depend on anything else. I don't depend on the family I grew up in. I don't depend on my, de depend on my heritage. I don't depend on how much money is in my family's bank account or in my own. I don't depend on all the things that I've done. I don't depend on the platform that I've created for myself. My dependency is not, it's not on those things. Did you, know that, um, did you know that privilege doesn't exist in the kingdom? Man, it's getting really political. What am I doing with my life right now? Privilege isn't a thing in the kingdom. We're all privileged as sons and daughters of the Most High. Because 
You don't, you don't get to come into the kingdom and be like, yeah, Lord, my dad was a pastor. My mom, prayer warrior, you love me more than Tyler, right? You got to. No, no, no. We all have the favor of God in our life because of grace and because of what he did, amen? And this is what Paul was teaching. He said, hey, don't depend on anything else. Depend completely upon him. He said, I'm going to count all the stuff that I've done as garbage. Why? Why, why, why did he want to do that? Because he wanted to gain Christ. And he wanted to be one with him. He had it all. He had a lot, he had a lot going for him. He's like, no, I've I, I realized the most important thing is to gain Christ and be one with him. What does he mean by being one with him? I'm going to be so close to him. I need him in every second of my life. I'm fully dependent upon Jesus. Now today I I, I want to talk to you about I want to talk to you about what, what life actually looks like living fully dependent. We 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 would we'd all agree, yes, we need to be fully dependent upon Jesus. We want to be desperate for him. We want to be hungry for him. Yes, Lord, that's what we want. But what does life actually look like? Being desperate. What does your everyday life look like? What does your relationship with God look like when you say yes to being one? Yes to gaining him and nothing else. Yes to being fully dependent upon him. If you have your Bible, open up to John chapter 15. I believe Jesus gives us some insight into this. and We're going to kind of break down his teaching here. <clears throat> you got to love, love this portion of scripture. John chapter 15, you're very familiar with it. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 8. And um, let, me just, let me just pray and, and ask, ask for him to, to come. Lord, we, we, as we open up your word today and as we dive into this, I just pray that you would lead us. I pray that you would teach us. I pray that you would reveal things to us that we've never seen before. <laughs> um, yeah, Lord, that you would give us more of you. I pray that you'd help me in this time in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Um, John chapter 15, verse 1 says this, Jesus speaking. He says, I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and, and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Come on, say remain. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples this brings great glory to my Father. If I were to, if I were to title today's message, uh, the title would be Saying Yes to Growth. Saying Yes to Growth. When we, look at, when we look at the overarching theme of John chapter 15, when we look at what, what I believe the message that he's trying to communicate so clearly to all of us is, is something very, very simple. You need me. 
This is, remember, these are the words of Jesus. And he's, he's teaching us, hey, um, you need to be connected to me. You need to learn how to remain in me. And he makes this statement in verse, um, what is it, verse 8 or verse, verse 5. It's, it's a big statement. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, I know we've read this a bunch of times. And I know it's been preached on a bunch of times. But I need this to hit you in a way that has never hit you before. He said, you can't do anything without me. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. You're a branch, stay connected to the vine. The only way you're going to produce fruit is staying connected to me. Remain, remain, remain. You know why he told us to remain? Is because we have tendencies to not remain. We have a tendency to disconnect. We have a tendency to do things in our own power and in our own work. And here Jesus, the, the overarching theme is like, hey, I need you to live fully dependent upon me. This is what he was saying. How much, how much plainer could he make it? You want to know how much you need to depend on me? Without me, you can do nothing. So he's preaching this message to us. But what I've realized is the more I've studied this passage is that all the verses surrounding this theme are actually showing us, giving us insight into what it actually looks like to live fully dependent. They actually show us what it looks like to be connected to him, to be desperate for him, to remain. Now, I'm going to just kind of go back over this, script, this scripture and just kind of pick out some things. He starts off, I'm the true grapevine, my father's a gardener. He cuts off every branch that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit. He's, you, you skip down, he says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Those who remain in me and I them will produce much fruit, for apart, apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. I think it's, I hope it's kind of hitting now. But then he, he kind of gives some joyful expectation. He says, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it'll be granted. I'm not sure if you've realized how serious this teaching actually is. We love, we, 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 we've read it so many times, we love the concept of like, oh man, he's the vine, we're the branches, you know, God's the gardener. It's this beautiful picture. It's like, it involves wine probably, so it's even better. Like, it's like, oh, this is great. And you know how he starts off? Um, if you don't remain, um, I'm going to cut you off. If you don't remain, <clears throat> um, those who don't stay connected, they're gathered up into a pile. They don't just get cut up. We're going to light a torch to them. We're going to burn them. Now, let me be super clear right now. He's not talking about us as believers. He's talking about those who, who have not chosen Jesus. He's talking to unbelievers. This is another um, analogy of, of, of what will happen if, we, if, if, if humanity doesn't actually choose him. So, um, I think all of us in this room would say, yeah, I'm not, I, don't, I don't want to be that one, right? We've all chose Jesus. I'm not going to be the branch that gets cut off, thrown into the fire. Okay, good. Check. That one's off the list. What about the next one? 
You know what he says about those who remain? I love this. Verse 2, he said, He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. This is God, the Father. And then here it is. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they'll produce even more. So guess what you give up? All right, I'm not going to get cut all the way off. I'm just going to get cut a little bit. (laughs) Those who remain, me and you, those who are fully dependent upon him, you know what life actually looks like? It looks like us getting pruned. No, wait, wait, wait. I have, I've, I've been producing a lot of fruit. What about me? You get pruned even more. Those who produce much fruit, he prunes those who produce fruit. Are you following me today? I didn't expect to get a whole lot of amens today, and that's fine. But one of, what, what we have signed up for in the Lord what, what it actually means when we say, yes, I'll be fully dependent upon him. What it means is that you have officially signed up to be pruned. It means that we've said yes to growth. It means that we've say, we, we, we have said yes to him cutting things out of our life that don't belong. Come on, somebody. It means him getting rid of things that don't belong on the inside. It means him speaking to us about things that are kind of ugly, that we kind of don't want to talk about in church. And the, and the beautiful part, and it really is beautiful, that, that's the reward. The reward of you saying yes is he makes you more like him. The reward of, of you saying, no, I'm, I'm going to live fully dependent upon him. He's like, sweet, I'm going to bring some growth. We all know this about, about, um, about plants. When you prune them, they grow back bigger, better, better fruit. It actually takes the pruning to actually grow, right? Uh, you just have to grab a hold of this today. The, the picture that he is painting is the picture he's painting. He, meant, he, he, he means what he says here. He, this is Jesus. He could have used another analogy. He could have. He, I don't have a, a clever thing to say here. He could have just picked something else than pruning, something that seems less painful. But he chose pruning. Now, I want to stop here, and I want to be really, really, really clear because I don't want to paint a picture that doesn't honor him. I, I, I'm, I'm not painting a picture of suffering and um, in a miserable, painful existence following Jesus. That's not what I'm painting here. Do we suffer sometimes? Absolutely. Is there suffering mentioned in the Bible? 100%. I'm talking about a fulfilled life. I'm talking about the most rewarding life you could ever live. I'm actually talking about a life that like when you read it from the outside and you go, oh my goodness, he prunes us. Yeah, and it feels good. It's, it's like you, you, you get to start, you start to learn to enjoy it. It hurts at first. But the more that you grow in him, the more you realize, prune me, Lord. 
cut out the things. I don't, I don't want them. I don't want them in my life. I don't want the sin in my life. I don't want the pride that's still hanging around. I want to get rid of that flipping insecurity. I want to get rid of fear and anxiety and, and, and impatience and a lack of self-control. Cut it out of my life, Lord. I'm signed up. I'm here. Do it. You start to fall in love with the process. Um, uh, I had a couple of scriptures here at the end. Go to, go to James chapter, chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. That's what G- Jesus is like. James is teaching. All right, remember when Jesus taught about all the things, about being pruned and all that? There's going to be trials when they come. Be joyful about them. Count it as all joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Notice the opportunity and not the force. You can let it grow or you, or you cannot. He says, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Um, this, is, this is a little bit theological for you. I need you, need you to hear this today. Notice people love to bring up testing and they love to bring up suffering and they love to bring up the, the trials and troubles. Um, notice how James teaches about trials and troubles. Trials and troubles are the testing of your faith. Which means they are not sickness. They're not cancer. They're not you losing your job. They're not lack or not having enough money. No, no, the Lord doesn't test you that way. Come on. That's not how he tests. But he will test your faith. And when you do lose your job, he's going to use it as an opportunity for growth. Will you believe in me? Will you trust in me? Will you believe for me to open up the, the next door? Will you believe that my favor is on your life? Are you following me today? But James is like, hey, um, <clears throat> there will be a testing of your faith and count it joy. The pruning can get fun. I'm not, and I'm, and I'm, I'm not talking about emotionally all the way. You're like, no, no, I've been pruned before. It's not fun. I know what it's like to grow. It just isn't, it just isn't that much fun. How thankful are you for it? How thankful are you for those moments that seemed pretty bad? But on the back side, you now have a testimony. You now have a strength that you never had. You now have capacity that you did not have before. And now you can minister and love on people in a way that you never loved on before. That, I think that's where we, we find the joy. I'm not looking for the emotion of joy, although I believe that is a part of it too. Like... <laughs> I just got this picture in my head. If you're going through a growth season, start talking about it like, I'm going through a growth season. And not like, yeah, the Lord's taking me through a growth season. Because there's something that a growth season tells me about you. It tells me you've been bearing fruit. Which means this, it should tell you something about you. Oh, come on, get encouraged right now. If he's pruning you, you did something right. If he's pruning, yay, exactly. Yay for the pruning. 
But, but it's, it's, it's evidence. It's testimony of, oh man, he's, he's growing me for a reason. I must have already had some growth in my life. There must have been some fruit already and he's wanting to produce bigger fruit and more fruit and more effective fruit. See, living a life fully dependent upon Jesus looks like us saying yes to growth. If I could just put it in a very, very simple sentence, living fully dependent looks like you saying yes to growth. Did you know that's probably the, that's the main job as a believer? You know what our main job is? Is say yes to the next thing and believe. It really is that simple. Say yes to the next thing that he's saying and believe. Live in faith. Say yes. Lord, that next thing is going to be hard. I know, say yes. Why do you need to say yes? Because it's only in that yes that you'll need, him, you'll need to be fully dependent. You can stay where you're at and not be fully dependent. You can stay where you're at and not be desperate. You can stay comfortable if you want. You know people right now who are comfortable. And they drive you nuts if you're growing. Truth. I'm not talking about judgment. I'm not talking about shame. I'm not talking about, hey, and let me just say this too. I know I'm kind of all over the place, but it is what it is. Let me just say this. Wherever you're at on your journey is fine. Hear that today. If, you're, if your journey is, I don't want to say yes, but you haven't said no, he loves that because he'll just keep chipping away. He'll bring it up again. All right, not this time. All right. Six months later, he'll bring it up again. If you follow the Lord for a while, you, you know this is true. His grace covers our lack of willingness to grow. But you, oh, you can't stay, you can't walk, you can't stay connected and not grow. You notice that? Like, like if, if you don't want to grow and you don't want him to talk to you about certain things anymore, what do you do? You disconnect. You run. You hide. Lord, don't talk to me about that anymore. Please, please. And every time you go to him in prayer, it's just sitting right there. Just talking to you. It's because the... The truth is being connected, <laughs> he has so much life in him that he has to, it, it, it must produce something. He has too much power. There's too much life, vitality. Today, I just, I wanted to come to you today and I just wanted to urge you to simply say yes to growth. because it's in those places we learn to be fully dependent. It's in, it's, it's in our, Lord, I, I, I wanna be fully dependent that gets us to the place where he prunes us that then points us back to being fully dependent. It's this circular, just it's this thing of saying yes to him and going out and doing what he's called us to do or going out and taking that step of faith. I was telling our, 
our team this today. You know, you, you want to know one of the, 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 the pitfalls of uh, easy thing to fall into as you're following the Lord is that you'll connect to the vine and he will tell you something you need to grow in. And then you will go, you'll, it's like, like if, if here's Jesus and he's the vine, or, um, he's the vine and we're the branch and we're connected to him. It's like we get our, we get our, 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 our growth track. We get the thing that he's telling us to do and we're like, sweet, I got it. And we start going and doing it for him. And he was like, no, 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 no. I know I told you to do that, but stay connected. Stay fully dependent. Did you really think you could do the thing that I just told you to do without me? Oh yeah, I guess I kind of did. Isn't that what we do? Because we go to work for him instead of letting him work through us and in us. We, you don't work for him. He works for you. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. He did it for you. And he continues to do it for you and through you. How? By you staying connected. By you remaining. By you realizing I can't do anything without him. Oh yeah, Jesus, I need you. What a simple message, but how profound. Oh yeah, I... I if I'm going to go and do anything for you, I need you to do it. I need you to do it for you. Can I say it that way? Let Jesus do it for himself through you. He closes this thought in John chapter 15 with this. Verse 8, he says, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I don't know if you ever do this with the Lord, but I was sitting there this week and I just said, Lord, why? Why are you so, <laughs> why are you so bent on us growing? Like, what, what's, what, why do you want us to grow so much? Why is this so much in scripture? Like, like what's the point? Verse eight, your fruit glorifies the Father. You wanna know why he wants you to grow? Because it glorifies the Father. You wanna know why Jesus came in the first place? He came to bring glory to God. Go read John chapter 17 or, or, or 16. He's sitting there, he's like, he's, he's praying this prayer. He's saying, Lord, I did everything that you told me to do. I pointed everybody to you. All the people you gave me, I told them about you and your ways. He made this statement, I never do what I don't see my father doing. I never say what I don't hear my father saying. Everything Jesus came on the earth to do was to glorify him. It was about, it was about God getting the glory. And our fruit, our growth gives glory to him. It's when I come to a person like Jared and I see humility on him. It glorifies God because it's glorifying a character of God that is present in him. You want to know what the ultimate reason why you say why we say yes to growth? Because we want to bring glory to him. God, we, we want to glorify you with our life. It's about, it's actually about you. 
a message like this preached so that we can succeed more, which I've done, which I've preached before, is actually a selfish message. Because the ultimate goal is not that we grow so we succeed more. The ultimate goal is that we bring glory. The ultimate goal is that we point to Him. Amen? You living a life fully dependent upon Him, it glorifies Him. Would you just raise your hand if if you've done something and there was no way it was you and it was all God? (laughs) Every hand. Like you just know deep down the inside, oh, there was no way I was that smart. There was no way I was that good of a businessman. There was no way I was that good of a dad. There was no way I was that good of a parent. There was no way I was that good of a friend. Whatever whatever it is. And you realize, oh my goodness. Yeah, that was him. He did it. The more one we come with him, become with him, I think the more that we begin to realize that. Oh my gosh, it's so much, it's so about you. It's so about you, God. It's so about glorifying you. It's so about honoring you. Oh yeah, there'll be things that'll work out on my behalf because you're that good. But I honest, honestly, I don't really care that much because I, I just, and I'm kind of prophesying over myself and you today. I want to live a life that doesn't really, I'm not, I'm not so concerned. I put no confidence in my accolades. I put no confidence in my human effort. I put no confidence in how good I preach. I put no confidence in how much money I make. I just want to glorify you. I want to bear fruit and grow because I want people to come and look at my life and be like, that must be God. Must be him. I'll close with Philippians chapter one, verse six. It says, being confident of this very, being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ's return. Isn't this what we want? That he, he who began the work, I'm about to get into a whole other message, but I can't. Do you see it? He who began the work will bring it to full completion. You didn't start the good, you didn't, you didn't begin the work, he began the work. And we don't finish the work, he does. <laughs> he does it. He does it. He does it. Come on, say he does it. Say it's not me. It's him. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.